Hello, and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. The goal of this show is to uncover, dismantle, and to eradicate racism. We really do want to create a world where racial equity exists for everyone. I want to invite you, please, if you have not done so, to subscribe to the show, to tell your friends about the show, to leave us comments about the show. If you're watching live, please be sure on Facebook or YouTube to make your comments as the show is airing. And if you're watching it later on, I want to invite you to still leave your comments and your questions. As always, want to invite you to go to sacredintelligence.com. Send me a note about what you think about the show, who you might like to see on the show. If you have a guest in mind, I would encourage you to please, please, please let me know. I do want to just say before we begin the show, this is one year since the launch of my book, Dismantling Racism, Healing Separation from the Inside Out. If you've not gotten your copy, I want to invite you to please make sure that you do so because it will help you on your journey to dismantle racism. There's so many things that happen um, week after week that really it makes this road sometimes daunting for us. But there are some kernels in my book that will help you to continue the journey. So I hope that you will go out and get it. And then to accompany the book, I also have a a playlist of the meditations that are in the book. I've made them into uh, a CD. You can go on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google Play, anywhere you get your music from, where you stream, so that you will have meditations as well to help you um, through this process, particularly to help you to understand that you are not alone in walking this journey to dismantle racism. Really excited today. Uh, what, for the things that we're going to talk about with my guest, Reggie Harris, I'll introduce him a little bit later. But for now, I want to begin the show as I always do by inviting us into a time of meditation. So if you would, I simply invite you to close your eyes if you are able to. If you are driving, please don't close your eyes, but just listen to the words and just begin to breathe deeply. In and out. Take some really deep breaths in and try to hold them. And then release. Becoming conscious of your breath. Giving gratitude for your breath. Knowing that it is a sign that you are in the land of the living. And knowing that it is a sign that spirit, divine wisdom, grace, love, power, compassion, kindness, and intelligence all exist inside of you. Just breathe in and out very deeply. Given thanks for your courage, your commitment, your concern. Just breathe in and out. Recognizing that you are surrounded by so many people 
who desire to end racism, who desire racial equity. Breathe in and out recognizing that there are more people who desire this than those people who don't. You are one of the many and what you do matters. Breathe in and out, connecting with each of those people, known and unknown. Connecting with the people who came before you, as always, giving gratitude for the shoulders that you stand on. Give gratitude for those people who are present in your life, who immediately surround you, love you, support you. Just breathe in and out. Connecting with your own sacred intelligence. That divine part of you that helps you to manifest your greatness while simultaneously helping others to manifest their greatness. Take a deep breath in and slowly exhaling it, recognizing that the power of one contributes to the power of community and you have the ability to change the status quo. So give gratitude for yourself one more time and commit to walking the sacred intelligence journey of faith to dismantle racism. Commit to learning what you don't know and commit to walking despite fear to advocate for change. I'll take another deep breath in, sigh it out, and we say, and so it is, ashe, amen, and let's begin. Beloved, this has really been a difficult week in many ways. It's been, for me, it's been a a joyous week because I've had some celebrations, including my own birthday. And so that's been wonderful. And at the same time, when I look at what's going on in this country, my heart breaks. And I'm specifically thinking about Ralph Yarl, a teenager, an honor student who was a few days ago shot in Kansas City, Missouri. Why? Because a white man feared him, feared this young man who knocked on his door because he mistook this person's house for someone else's just to pick up his siblings. A young man who couldn't even just walk down the street without worrying about being shot. Thankfully, he is alive. Not so for Aiden Ellison who was shot by a white man 
in Ashland, Oregon in 2020, simply because he would not turn his music down. Not so for Ahmaud Arbery, who was killed in February of 2020 in near Brunswick, Georgia. These are just three of the many names that I could call of individuals who were not shot by the police, who were not brutalized by the police, but simply because someone feared them. Why? Because of their black skin, because they are black men. And to me, it is the same thing as lynching. Black men's lives don't matter. I can say really and truly, my life, even as a woman, doesn't seem to matter as well. But I know for certain that the world fears Black men. Why? 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 Because that message is sent over and over and over again, that you must fear Black men. Also, because we don't understand our history. We don't take the time to stop to think about how it's equated with lynching. We don't take the time to think about how mass incarceration is connected with the demise of Black men. And one wonders why people fear Black men. And I wonder if it's because does the world think Do white people in particular think that black men are going to do the things to them that have been done to black men for so long? Is that the fear? What is it? I'm going to invite you, the listeners, to really think about if you fear black men, why is that the case? Even if you are a black or brown person and you fear black men, because let's not, let's Let's make no mistake about it. There is internalized racism. But one, it is important for you to recognize that fear and then recognize where that fear comes from. That's why it's important for you to know your history. That's why it's important to look at the messages that are sent to us in society. There's subtle messages that are not so subtle. We turn on the news and we hear about Black men being suspects all the time even when they haven't done anything. Treat it as criminals. So I wonder today, are you willing to learn your history? Are you willing to really closely examine what the fear is of Black men? What do you think they're going to do to you? That's the question. Because when a young boy, 16 years old, can't walk and ring the doorbell of an individual's home and that individual pulls out a gun without any questions asked because they were afraid? What does that say about society? And let's not make excuses about it. Let's not say it was an age thing and they feared uh, because he was a teenager. We don't hear about young white boys being killed in the same way, do we? Or white men being killed in the same way. And I'm not saying that white men don't have their fears as well. It's a different fear. So I want to invite you today 
As you're listening to the show, as we're talking about ways of learning about our history, because we're going to figure out some really dynamic ways of hearing about our history, figure out what it means to you and how do you make it relevant till today. When we return from our commercial break, I'm going to welcome to the show Reggie Harris. He's earned distinctions as one of the foremost interpreters of song leaders of the music of the Underground Railroad and the modern civil rights movement. With a passion for peace and justice, Reggie travels worldwide using his gifts to share hope and raise awareness of human rights in the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King's beloved community. Reggie will tell us a little bit later how you can find out more about him and how you can get him to come be a part of uh, telling stories of history. He does it mostly in, I believe, in the school system and he performs elsewhere. But Reggie will tell us a little bit more about him. So after the break, I want to welcome to the show Reggie Harris. This is the Dismantle Racism Show, and we'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Dismantle Racism Show. I want to welcome my guest today, Reggie Harris. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I only told them a bit of what you do (laughs) um, because, you know, you're a songwriter, historian, you work for Living Legacy Project, which I didn't (laughs) say there, but we want to talk about it. But, But Reggie, before I do, I really want to ask you your thoughts 
as a black man, as a per- person who identifies, I believe, as a black man. I do. Um, what are your thoughts about what I said during the opening and the fear of black men? Can you share a little bit about what was going through your mind when I was saying saying all of that and how you identified or not with it? Well, first of all, let me say thank you for having me and thank you for that very powerful opening, which I um, I really needed this morning in terms of getting my heart and soul calm. Uh, it is a challenging, challenging time. I've said often in the last few years, and particularly the last two and a half, I have never felt with in all of my years less safe traveling in this nation and i've been through some tough times uh with my 40 plus years of touring to remote places in america uh, but i have never felt less safe as a black man and particularly the the uh, incidents that you brought up i find myself in a lot of situations where either uh, lost or making a wrong turn or uh in a strange town where I have to think in a moment about, you know, the GPS is not enough. And I think, well, maybe I should just stop at this place, this house, uh, Mm -hmm. ring the doorbell. Um, I I see in all of these, walking on the street in, you know, in any place, New Orleans, Louisiana, or Minot, North Dakota. um, What you say is very, very true. And I have felt uh, over the course of years... Uh, greatly at risk um, mm. from people who, for no apparent reason, uh, uh, find me threatening. Now, some of these people uh, tower over me in size mm-hmm. and are younger than me, and in you know the ability, to, uh, body able ableness. Um, there, there's no logic to this fear, except mm-hmm. as you say. It is permeated by decades and decades and decades of information. I think you made a tremendously cogent point about the fact that uh, this has been seeded into our culture. And as you read the history, and certainly in my work with the Living Legacy Project, taking people to places like the Equal Justice Initiative, Peace and Justice Museum, and the Jackson Civil Rights Museum, and the National Historic uh, Civil Rights Museum, to look at the images of what has been done to black mm. men since mm-hmm. the before this nation was a nation mm. and to have us portrayed in the light of that very well documented history as being the threat right. is is remarkable isn't it mind boggling right that this country has brutal it's been brutal to us yeah. Our, our people have been brutalized, and yet we're the ones feared. It's all socialization. It's yeah. strategic, isn't it? It is oh, so absolutely. strategic that, like, we, you, you better fear them. And I believe that a part of that fear is the thinking, like, we're going to turn. We're, we're going to, at some point, not be so forgiving <laughs> and, and just turn and say, hey, I'm going to take back. And we don't even have that sort of that isn't even our thing. We don't no, even talk no. about let's take revenge and even in our communities. Because why? You know what we talk about in our community? We talk about love. I know. That's what we talk about. Constantly and, the, and, the and consistently. People think that we're out to, to, to like get them 
or or something or is preposterous. Is I think it is. was uh, Brother Cornell West who who said um, in, in truth, you know, uh, black folks have been teaching America about love or trying to teach America about love for four hundred years, yes. and the lesson apparently uh, in uh, carried out in history books and carried out in social media and carried out in just a, a million ways has mm -hmm. uh, disarmed that message despite years and years and years of examples uh, of having some of the most vibrant leaders of, of love and the examples of love uh, postered up in American history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so... I find it really interesting, and we are going to get to the work that you do, but since we're mm -hmm. talking about this, um, and I was trying to find James Baldwin's quote, because he, he has a great quote on um, love as well, um, but um, and he kind of describes love as a war, actually. It's a battle. <laughs> it's a war. It's growing up, like, you know, because he's, he was just so profound in his, his, his ways of yeah. describing things, but Reggie, it does not go unnoticed that given what you have seen in your lifetime, that the last two and a half years are the most fearful for you. And I think people need to hear that. That is significant. We have lived through a time. I know I, I was born in the 60s. I understood all about Jim Crow. We've lived during a time where we know that there are certain places we can go and certain places we cannot go. But now there are no holes barred. Each of those individuals that I mentioned, they live in different parts of the world. Yeah. And I, I live in New England, and I think I may have shared this on the show before, but one day I got off the road to get some gas. I thought that I would go back the way I came, despite what the GPS said. Well, I realized when I started going back the way I came, I couldn't just get back on the road. And it took me all the way around. Oh, Lord. And I started seeing <laughs> these, the, the, the streets flanked by American flags. Now, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that in and of itself, except where I live in this part of the world. When I see a whole bunch of American flags flanking the road, it says something to me because the flag isn't what it used to be. No. Then, no. interspersed between the flags was the was the uh, police flags, you know? And I said, oh, Lord, where am I? Let me get back on the highway. Because, see, we have to think about that all the time. Because yeah. I don't know the area that I'm in, right? I can't even sit in my car and have a conversation with a friend, particularly at night, in certain parts of this area that I live in, because I don't know if somebody's going to call the cops on me. Those are very real things. And so if people don't understand history and current day history, yeah. then they don't understand why we are in fear. And they don't I, understand their own behavior. I just shared a story uh, with some friends last week. Uh, a colleague of mine, uh, we were we were performing in Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, 
we got into a conversation about our guitars, and he told me that he had brought his extra guitar because nearby, as he described it, uh, there was a, a luthier, and uh, it's one uh, guy that he had discovered was really excellent. And he said, you know, uh, I'm going to take my guitar to have this guy look at it and, and fix a couple of problems. And if you want to go along, uh, I'll introduce you in case you need some further guitar work. And I thought, oh, yeah, great opportunity. Uh, we left Ashland, North Carolina. And he said, you know, it's just a, a short drive. Well, long story short, uh, we got off the highway and I figured we were close. We went down a two-lane road. I figured we were close. We got off of the two-lane road and went to a dirt road. And now we're driving on a dirt road. I'm seeing American flags. I'm seeing Confederate flags. I'm seeing uh, uh, barns with uh, targets on the side of them. We're continuing to drive into this place. He's white. I'm black. And I had no way. We had no cell service. I had no way to communicate with him to say, how much farther are we going and where exactly are we? The fear in me is beginning to ratchet up because I know my reality Yes. He is uh, he's unaware of my reality at that point. And uh, so long story short, we finally up a hill around a bend and we finally get to this place. And I get out of the car and I am absolutely flustered and a little angry. And he looked at me and he said, what's the problem? And we had a little chat. Right. <laughs> now this we got to. It's important to chat, to talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Reggie, but, you know, I, I feel you completely. I was just in Mississippi, and we were on a back road as well. I was showing my my child. I wanted to show my child some of my child childhood, you know, uh, where I grew up and all this yeah. other stuff. And we were on this one road, started seeing all these, in addition to a, a flag, a Trump flag that's, that's flying. And we were like, okay, so... This road looks a little differently than I remember. So, you know, and we kept saying, how much longer till we get to the main road, to the main road? Are we? All right. And, and you start, let, your memory starts playing on you like, am I on the right road? And so these are our daily experiences. Yeah. And so I hope everything turned, it looks like everything turned out okay with you, with your story. It, it, yeah, it turned out very well. And But, you know, what really turned out well was that I was able to talk to him and he knows history, and uh, as a matter of fact, we, we do a, per, a performance together called Deeper Than the Skin, talking about uh, how our, our separate narratives of he being white and raised in Richmond, Virginia, and me being black, raised in you know Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, how our lives, born three days apart, have been mm. so dramatically different. Mm-hmm. And, and I was able to just share with him what I was thinking during that drive, which was not what he was thinking during that drive. Of course not. You know what's interesting, Reggie, and we do have to take a break. Um, what's really interesting is that no matter how sensitive people are to our journey, folks who have skin that's different from ours, mm-hmm. and no matter how much work they are doing in the journey, that there's still this unawareness there's still this place that he didn't even give it a second thought. And there's a place where people who don't understand what it's like to walk in our shoes, they take for granted that they can do certain things. And and it didn't even occur to him to say, Reggie, we're going to be going through some places that might look a little scary. 
And that's why we have to raise the consciousness repeatedly. And I don't say this to keep people from doing the work because I want people to do the work because somebody out there might be saying, well, how do I keep trying? If I keep making mistakes, yes, we're all going to keep making mistakes, right? Even in the areas that we think we're really good at. But there's this there's this place where I think that that white people in particular who are doing this work sometimes feel like, and I know this because of what white people have said to me, they get angry at other white people for not being where they are. Right. And they still right. need to recognize that, wait a minute, you still have a lot more to do because you can never completely walk in this. For him not to know that, after you've just explained to me that the two of you perform together, mm-hmm. you talk about how different your lives are. And he grew up in the South. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, and this is nothing away from him, but it's just a point of awareness to just say, Simply check in with us. Just check yeah. in. Right? Well, we have to take a quick break. And Reggie, when we come back, I, I want you to talk a little bit about your storytelling and some of the programs you do and and how it helps, you know, educationally with the young ones and how it helps us as adults to be able to, to understand history. So we're going to be right back to continue our conversation with Reggie Harris. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. Reggie, before the break, I, I ask you to, to come back and to talk about your storytelling, your songwriting, your educating. Tell us a little bit about what you do when you're traveling the world. Well, I tell you, I, um, 
I feel so very blessed and honored to be able to use gifts that I've been given, uh, gift of a voice, uh, gift of a, uh, a, a talent to tell stories, um, the ability to take history and uh, create um, a, a, an atmosphere of learning for young people and for not so young people, for seasoned people. I tour around America, I tour uh, internationally, uh, telling stories and singing songs of our history and that's not just black people's history, it's of uh, all of our history. Uh, and I will tell you, I didn't start out to do this. Uh, when I picked up the guitar back in the uh, 1980s and uh, when my then partner wife and I struck out on the road, uh, all we really wanted was to sing our love songs and uh, have audiences go, yay, and uh, be thrilled with our presence and to get rich and famous. <laughs> I think uh, looking at those performers that we so idolized, I uh, had this, you know, the same uh, glorified feeling about what really mattered in the world. But we hit the road, and suddenly both of our eyes were open to the fact that, first mm -hmm. of all, everywhere we went, the color of our skin made a difference in terms of how the audiences accepted us or did not. Mm -hmm. And it certainly made a difference in traveling through this great nation. Mm -hmm. first came the anger and the frustration mm -hmm. but then we looked at each other and we said we have a couple of choices here and one of the choices is to learn ourselves why it is that these people are so afraid and so uh, you know un unaware of what it is we're trying to do so mm -hmm. having the skills to sing songs we began to research and sing songs about the Underground Railroad about the civil mm -hmm. rights movement, about things that would enlighten and make people more aware of what the true history is. So these days I feel all these years later very, very blessed to be able to visit schools, museums, churches, synagogues, uh, to do concert performances in big halls, in small little art centers. Uh, I travel uh, to places all around this nation and internationally and the message basically is that we are, as you have said earlier, we are truly one people of very, very different gifts. Mm -hmm. um, so the songs and stories that I do, I, years ago I had the opportunity uh, to get connected to the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, they were beginning a program called Changing Education Through the Arts. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the first seven artists that was adopted into that program to teach uh, those of us who were artists how to work with educators, how to make curriculum connections with songs, stories, painting, you know, any of the artistic disciplines. And I've done that work now for 45 years. Uh, so in addition, can, can you pause there for a second? Sure. Just in, um, so tell us a little bit more how, you know, the song, the storytelling through song helps students to learn and it helps the educators to be able to paint a picture of of just history in a different way. Mm -hmm. Well, we know from, first of all, uh, history and tradition, but also from research, that human beings are hardwired for story and for song. And, uh, and we are... Uh, whole beings that need a variety of ways in which to learn. Mm -hmm. So we know that the arts, and particularly singing and storytelling, 
unlocks uh, a kind of learning in individuals that doesn't happen in other ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it uh, it resonates with the spirit, but it also triggers the mind in very uh, important ways to help people to, first of all, open themselves to new information. Yeah. Uh, and then having been open to that new information, it gives us an opportunity to really connect with our personal story. You know, mm-hmm. what is it about the world that is uh, connective to us? Uh, so in classrooms all over the country and in other interactions, you know, lectures and what have you, uh, I have been through my training and through my experience able to provide programs, uh, one on the Underground Railroad, uh, one called uh, How Martin Climbed the Mountain, focusing on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement. Also, uh, a program that I do in collaboration with a friend from Boston called Race and Song. Mm-hmm. where we use music to unlock the difficulty that we often have in talking about race and the difficulty that we have in talking about history. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we are all, and you touched on this earlier, we are all loaded with a lot of information and misinformation. And yes. sometimes if you don't have the skills, or particularly for younger students, they're not skilled at analyzing that information. They're not skilled mm-hmm. at telling what is right, what is wrong, what, you know. So these programs that I do are designed to dig under the surface and to get people energized, first of all, just around learning. Right. And then secondly, about interconnection with other, uh, you know, human beings, other people, and the world at large. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting because... Songs, if we even think about jingles from commercials that get us drawn in. But as you were talking, I was thinking about, you, do, do you remember or did you ever sing this song, uh, Them Bones, Them Bones, Them Dry Bones? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the way that, you know, they start out talking about the toe bone being connected to the foot bone, to the ankle bone. Like it, it really made you think about anatomically how the body works or even thinking about like during my era, we had schoolhouse rock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. Like, <laughs> you know, right. And so I'm thinking about you teaching about the the Underground Railroad or how Martin climbed the mountain. Could you um, maybe just give us a couple of the lyrics from one or two of the songs that you do to kind of give us a picture of what students are hearing about? Well, many of your listeners will be uh, aware of the song Wade in the Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a song I grew up singing in my church. And as a young person, the only thing I knew was that they were singing this song about walking through water. I uh, had no uh, idea. The people in my church didn't know that this was one of the songs that was used by people who were escaping from slavery. Yes. Uh, it was a song that was a song of faith and still is a song of faith, mm-hmm. talking about the, the amazing uh Uh, opportunity to be delivered from oppression, whatever that oppression is. And certainly we have the biblical story of the Jews coming out of Egypt and getting to the Red Sea and having themselves between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea and and being able to triumph because of that miracle that happened. Well, the fact of the matter is that miracles happened for people who were running away from slavery simply because they remembered Wait in the water, God's gonna trouble the water. They remembered that water, we 
every single day as human beings we need water to drink that song reminded them on their journey that they needed to get fresh water since they couldn't carry enough the song reminded them also that fish live in the water animals come to the water to drink so you've got a potential food source they also were reminded by that song that once the master found out that they had escaped and that they were moving toward freedom the master was going to try to find them and they needed to walk through that water to cover their tracks and kill their scent all of these things in a song that would also be energizing and keeping people moving forward uh, taking bits and pieces of those realities and then applying them as we can then do to everyday situations that we find ourselves in uh, the songs were both inspirational but the songs were also very practical and they, they build a fabric of resistance that we are finding also in our everyday life with those themes coming again and again and again to reorienting ourselves to be pursuers of freedom and, and justice. That's amazing because, you know, so I knew a bit of what you were saying about how these songs were used um, you know, by Harriet and, and other people to like even call them to say, hey, you know, uh, 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 you better come on, step on board, right? Yeah, you know? and that's another uh, one. Get on board, right, children, right. children. Yeah. Right, you better, you better come on because this, this train leaving right now and it is a way <laughs> of communicating so that the enslavers didn't know. They just thought we were singing. But it's really interesting to hear you say it was a reminder that they're fish in the water. They're remi- like you can get your sustenance from the water. I mean, so I really love that you're telling these stories to children and adults alike. And I wonder, you know, we began and I know we're going to have to take a break really soon, but we began by t- kind of talking about these fears that people have and I and I wonder if in the storytelling are people able to connect today's events with historical things and I think you were starting to say that with with when you're talking about weight in war there is a connection between oh absolutely absolutely out there from your audience about you know I it's an amazing thing to um, you know, we, we think that we've stored up all this information, but generally, for most people in, in America, the level of, uh, of knowledge in history is probably about two inches deep. Uh, and I remind people that this is not your fault. You know, this is by design that all of these facts and all of this history, this truth is kept from us in a very purposeful way. Um, so what I hear from people, I hear them resonate into a sense of being grateful for this new knowledge and of, in one sense, also being freed from the oppression in first very small ways, but also connecting to the fact that everybody in the world wants freedom. Uh, and wants the ability to grow into being the best they can possibly be. And, you know, part of the problem is that uh, the forces that are in uh, authority often are trying to pit us against each other so that we believe somebody is stealing our freedom. There really is enough freedom for all. Isn't that the truth? And if we don't live in scarcity, well, Reg, we have to take a break. But what I am hearing you say is, is that when you sing these songs, 
no matter whether you're singing songs about civil rights or something else, that the words are applicable across the board. And that seems like that's one of the biggest takeaways from these songs of freedom is that that if we listen and we're open, I love that you said earlier, the songs open us up because music feeds the soul, does it? Does it it does. us up to listen if we actually listen to the lyrics and not just bop along and, <laughs> and even what I think about because I've been guilty of just bopping along to some stuff and then I listen to the words and I go wait a minute <laughs> but but like even when I think about historically our songs were used for storytelling so much and even if we didn't think that they would make sense because like you know that that uh, uh oh like something like oh mary don't you weep they start out with one verse of something about moses and then mary and i'm like how do those two things connect but they're trying to tell a story in there, right. right so reggie when we come back i'd love for you to talk a little bit uh about you know how people could get involved in the Living Legacy Project. You just you mentioned uh, very briefly some of the tours that you all take, mm-hmm. and I wonder if you could talk about how people could get involved or, or or go on a tour and what they can expect from something mm-hmm. uh, from from something like that. I know it's life changing to see that it is. Some of- so we're going to be right back with Reggie Harris. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're 
we're back with my guest today, Reggie Harris. Reggie, we don't have very much time left, but tell us. <laughs> I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I, I know it's so much to talk about, but in the next few minutes, tell us a little bit about the Living Legacy Project, how folks can get involved in that, what they can expect from that as well. Well, probably the easiest thing is for them to go to livinglegacypilgrimage.org. Uh, that's our website. And there you can get, first of all, a description of what it is that we do. The Living Legacy Project is an organization committed to experiential learning uh, and particularly learning about the stories and the lessons of the modern civil rights movement. Uh, if you go to the website, you'll see not only a description of who we are and, and what we do, but also listed on that are a number of videos and, and uh, opportunities for you to see some of the online programs that we have sponsored over the last three years, uh, many of which include some of the people that we then will also take people to meet uh, on the road. A large part of our mission is to take people on an experiential journey. We call it a pilgrimage because it's not a civil rights tour. Mm -hmm. uh, the pilgrimage is to, and I love, this goes right in with what you were doing at the beginning of the show. It's an opportunity to slow our lives down mm -hmm. and to visit places where in, in Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee, uh, soon also Georgia and, uh, and South Carolina, for us to go and visit places where the civil rights movement was obviously in uh, in, in great demand and also uh, uh, where people made a stand in history. Uh, we visit these places, we hear stories told by some of the veterans of the civil rights movement, we visit museums, we visit churches. Uh, We'll do a four and five stops a day, um, and at each of these places, we have an opportunity to take in some information that, regardless of who you are, you probably don't know the interior stories of what has happened in America as a result of the oppression for, to civil and human rights. Uh, but you're also on a bus with people from other places in the country and the world. And so we encourage interaction between places. We all bring our stories into this uh, amazing opportunity to hear new stories and each other's stories. And then what generally happens is that everybody on their own time begins to process this information. The goal, largely, is to take in the information that we find on the journey. We are singing on the bus, we're singing off the bus, so we're opening ourselves to the spirit of openness and that we're hoping that people will come and then take what they see and what they learn back to wherever they come from because the parallels that we will see in those stories portrayed so amazingly in historical terms are right into what we're living through today. Uh, so there's the opportunity for people to see what's happening in their community, to think in a global way, but to act in a local way. So when is your next pilgrimage? Well, actually, we're going to do a, a two-day pilgrimage that is not, it's a closed pilgrimage that I'm really excited about, a um, two-day journey to Alabama and Atlanta uh, with some folks from the Detroit area. But uh, we're planning a pilgrimage for this summer uh, in July and also one for the fall uh, in October. So if you go on the website, livinglegacypilgrimage.org, uh, you'll also see those journeys. Um, you can sign up for you know uh, information 
and uh, and we'll be getting out information about when those journeys open up. So you do do private ones as well if you have enough people um, in addition to those that you're offering. So if people exactly. have a group of people who want to do it, yep. they can contact uh, someone at your organization to see about that. We'd be happy to set up a pilgrimage. Um, we're doing, uh, we've done a couple this year. We've, uh, we do one with Nazareth College in Rochester mm-hmm. in, every January. Uh, and then in uh, March, we actually had one where we had a combined pilgrimage, which was really, really exciting. Uh, we had about 15 to 18 students from Worcester College in Ohio and some of the community members from that town who were joined by about 22 people from around the country. So we had an intergenerational pilgrimage that was largely sponsored because Worcester had uh, a group of people that they wanted to, to take on the journey. Oh, that's amazing. So do you have a minimum number of people if it's a private pilgrimage that you would? A uh, minimum would be about 30, 30 to 35. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you have close to that, um, we can work. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's a it's a wonderful opportunity. I mean, I I, I know I haven't been on a pilgrimage yet, um, but I do know people who are intimately involved, including yourself, uh, in this work. And I also know that the people who visit it, uh, those places that you have mentioned, their lives have been changed because once you know your history, you also can't unsee it. Right, and they do such a great job at the Equal Justice Museum. Oh. Like, uh, it's just remarkable. It's right, I've I've seen it not in person, but I've seen a bit of the footage, and it's just whew, it's yeah. it's an extraordinary experience. And uh, you know, I have now co-led probably eighteen of these journeys and and other journeys, and I will tell you, every time I go, I'm changed again. Mm-hmm. Well, Reggie, I want to thank you for the work that you are doing with the Living Legacy Project, because again, for you to go and you're changed every time, it's also, I know, heartbreaking every time you go It is that as well. And, uh, and I want to thank you for the work that you are doing to educate all of us, adults and children alike, on history. And of course, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been a delight to have you now tell um our listeners how they can get in touch with you the easiest way to get to me is reggieharrismusic.com and if you go on that website you'll get more information about me than you probably want (laughs) but also uh i i welcome you into the reggie harris music family um i love what i do I love that I uh, have been given not only the opportunity, but also the passion in my heart for this work. Um, Mm. It certainly beats everything that I thought that my career would be about when I started out. And Mm -hmm. in this time of challenge and change, I feel very gifted to be in the midst of the work that we are all doing. Mm. Uh, And so encouraged by the fact that I get up every day and I get to sing. Not bad. You can you can advocate for justice and sing, doing the things that you're passionate Thank about. You. I want to encourage my listeners to go to Reggie Harris Music 
com, and you can find out more about Reggie and perhaps book him to come to your area, I'm guessing. Uh, and please do go to sacredintelligence.com so that you can learn a little bit more about me as well. Thank you so much to my listeners for being here today. Thank you, Reggie Harris. For being here, I am honored that you um, graced us this morning with your presence. And so I want to just invite you to stay tuned to the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. Being today, you tap into that sacred part of you that allows you to make choices that will manifest your greatness and the greatness of those around you. Know that we are all one and we exist because of one another. Make it a priority to share love, joy, compassion, and peace today. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 